Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Changing Seasons, Ministry Changes, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on June 18th, 2017. Well, good morning, everyone. How are we doing today? Doing well? Are you excited to be here on this wonderful Father's Day? You know, what's funny is uh, typically Father's Day doesn't get a whole lot of, um, I guess, uh, promotion, if you will, in comparison to some of our other holidays. But uh, this morning, we want to praise God for our fathers, right? We want to praise God for the daddies that we have, our pappies, our grandparents, and all those good things, all the men in our life that have touched us, inspired us, and encouraged us. And it's not just those that are blood fathers, it's those that have been an inspiration to us. And we celebrate you guys this morning, and we're very grateful to you and very thankful. And we give God the praise, we give him the glory, because we know that it's God at work in you that helps us to see what God is doing through you. So praise God for them, right? Amen? All right, good deal. Well, dads, I've got something special for you. You know, in, in my family, we have a little motto, and it's just simply this, that the only, the only day lost is a day without laughter, all right? So that's my motto. I kind of impose that on my family, so now I have the responsibility to be the funny guy, all right? And as many of you know, I am the funny guy, right? right? Well, sometimes. My wife says I get it about 40% right. So, so this morning, for you dads out there, for you men out there, I'm going to give you some tools, okay? You guys ready for this? Some tools for this morning. Well, there, there was this, this uh, daddy mushroom, and he was at the amusement park with his kid, and as they were leaving the amusement park, the, the little mushroom says to his daddy, gee, you're a fun guy. You like it, right? All right, write that down. Come on. I want to see you guys taking notes. There's a good one. All right, here's a few more, okay? Here's a few more for you dads out there. What prize do you get for putting your phone on silent? The Nobel Prize. Okay? The Nobel Prize. You'll get it later, I promise you. So how, how do you communicate with a fish? Come on, dads, you got to know this. You drop it a line. I know, darn it. I'm trying here. These are good tools, I tell you. <laughs> so this is a good one here. What, what do you get when you cross a stereo with a refrigerator? Some very cool music. Who said that? All right, all right. A daddy after my own heart. Thank you. <laughs> some very cool music, right? We need that, dads, right? With our teenagers, we need some cool music. So just stick your radio in the refrigerator and tell them, hey, I got some for you. <laughs> so what's a parasite? What's that? Two eyes. Two eyes. That's a good, good guess. So it's something you see in Paris. Oh, but um, boom Where's the drums when you need them? Darn it! Come on. All right, one last one for you, and then I'll give you guys a break here. So, what's the biggest room in the world? Room for improvement. And I definitely need to improve on my jokes, don't I? <laughs> You know who you can blame this on, because I don't take responsibility for it, is Laffy Taffy, okay? I love Laffy Taffies, and they, they just equip me to be a dad. They're great, they're good, and they equip. Can't beat it, you know, it's almost like God's word. Almost, not quite, but cool. Well, this morning, what I'd like for you to do is open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2, and we're going we're gonna to get serious this morning, because um, the, the teaching 
And the scripture that we're going to look at this morning is a very serious passage. And in our series this morning, we're, we're looking at how seasons change. And a lot of times we think about seasons and we think, you know, winter, summer, and fall. And I even kind of mentioned to, to the guys this morning because, you know, typically summertime because of the change of season, the sunshine, the beautiful weather we get, you know, everybody's mindset kind of changes. It starts to, to look towards, you know, the holidays, the long weekends, going on vacation with family, and all that good stuff that we do over the summertime. And that's okay. That, that's totally cool. We want to support that. But I, I had the suggestion. I want to see what your thoughts were. Is that maybe next year, because typically in the summertime, our services get a little bit lighter. We don't see as many families on a consistent basis. So the suggestion is, is that we skip summer next year. What do you think? I'm just kidding. We won't do that to you. One of the guys said, well, maybe we'll just kind of black out some dates and then they get two weeks. And if they get their vacation in, they can. If not, then too bad. You miss out. All the other dates are blacked out. I'm kidding. But seasons do change, don't they? Times in our life change. Sometimes we have moments that are tough, moments that are, that are, that are easy, moments that, that where we have sickness or all kinds of different things. The Bible in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 talks about all these seasons and, and the reasons why we have them. Well, in our series, we're going to talk about how God changes us in different seasons. When we're in moments or we're doing specific things in life, and in those moments, God not only wants to work in us, but he wants to work through us. But in order to do that, we have to have a mindset. In order for God to, to work in our hearts, we have to be willing and open, and we have to be available for God to use us. And sometimes, just sometimes, we have our own mindsets. We have our own ideas of what life should be, and, and, and we kind of... Uh, to, to kind of quote another pastor, we, we build our own kingdoms, don't we? We, we create this kingdom in our world, and, and it's, it's my kingdom, and this is where I rule, and, and, and this is how things should be, and this is how things should go. But they don't always work out just the way we want them to, do they? See, because life happens, right? In our kingdoms, we don't always rule. Because the world comes in and it takes over and it kind of knocks us on the floor, takes us off of our throne. And in those moments, I believe God wants to change us. I believe God uses those seasons to help us to discover all the great joy, all the great mercy, and all the great love that he has for us. So I, I don't know what season you guys are in right now. And I, I got to imagine across the room here, throughout everybody that calls Soul Rio home, I got to imagine everyone's in certain seasons right now in their life. Maybe there's a struggle in your life. Maybe there's some, some, some uh, unforgiveness. Maybe there's some healing. Maybe there's a teenager that's lost and, and he's kind of moved away from his faith. Maybe, maybe you yourself are struggling with what God wants to do in you and through you. Maybe you're just here to ask the question, you know, who is this God? And is he real? And if he's real, why hasn't he shown up in my life? You know, we're all going through different seasons. And this morning, we're going to look at a passage here. We're going to look at a chapter. And we're going to try and cover as much of it as possible in our short time together. But I would encourage you to really look at Philippians chapter 2 on your own. And really try and dissect and, and think about the words that Paul is saying to the church. Because what we have here is Paul encouraging the church to live a certain way. 
See, he's pointing them to Jesus. And he's helping them to understand that no matter what season they're in, no matter what's going on in their lives, that God has a plan. But as part of that plan, there has to be a mindset. God has to change not only their hearts, but he has to change their mindset. So before we read, let's pray together. Father, we, we thank you for a new day. Lord, Lord, we lift up the daddies here. We, we praise you for them. We thank you for the men that, that uh, just stand faithful with you, Father. We thank you for the men that have influenced us, that have helped us to see Jesus. Father, you are our heavenly Father. And Lord, you have shown us things. You have helped us to understand things. And Lord, so we thank you this morning for who you are, for being our daddy, for being our father. Lord, I pray that as we open up your word, that you would, you would speak to us through the power of your spirit, that you would help us to understand the things that you have for us. That, Lord, we would take your word personally. And, Lord, that we would not be offended, but we would be encouraged. And that we would live out our lives in a way that would honor you, that would glorify Jesus Christ, that would help others to see the hope, the faith, and the love that you have for all of mankind. Lord, we thank you for this morning and this privilege, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, as we talk about what Paul's trying to help us to understand as the church, he's telling us to be humble. And that word humble or humility is a very tough word because what you can do is you can start with the aspect of of ministry because as church people, we like to say the word ministry. Everything's a ministry, right? Years back, I got a phone call and uh, I didn't get to pick up the phone call. It went to voicemail somehow. And uh, so, but I listened to the message and it was probably one of the funniest messages I'd ever gotten in my, my journey as a, as a minister. There was a lady that called, no name, no nothing, no information, didn't go to our church. So she calls my phone number, she gets the voicemail and gets distracted in the midst of it. I don't know if that's ever happened to you before, but it's happened to me. And so as she's dialoguing with somebody that's in the room with her, she's saying to herself and talking to these, these individuals that are in the room with her saying, yeah, there's this church and everything's a ministry. They even got on the sign, they got a kung fu ministry. They got a, you know, men's ministry, a women's ministry. And she's kind of, kind of almost belittling the aspect of that term ministry, that we turn everything into ministry. You know, and at first I kind of giggled at it because she was right. We do do that, don't we? You know, it's like the, the chair ministry. Come join us for the chair ministry. You know, the bathroom cleaning ministry. Yeah, we're going to clean for Jesus. Yeah, we're going to do all those things to Jesus. But if you really think about the aspect of ministry and what it means, it's simply service. See, ministry equals service. And, and we have to understand as individuals, if we are going to serve, if we are going to minister, then there's a key variable in there. And that's what Paul is getting to here. It's humility. See, we can't serve, we cannot minister without humility. And humility for for men and women in our culture today, in our time, even as Christians, is a tough thing to get over. It's a a big word that's in all capital letters, and it's so hard to get over that, that aspect of pride and humility. 
You know, because we get so easily offended by, you know, the pastor was saying this or, or this person said that or they didn't do this or they didn't do that. And so I'm not going to go. I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to minister. But Paul, Paul here, he points us to something complete different. And, and he's saying that, that if we do this, if we live like this, that it will change us. God will change us in this. And here's why. It's because our service matters. See, ministry matters. And you can put it on front or back of anything that you do in this life. Whether it be in your vocation at work, whether it be in the church, whether it be in your neighborhood, you can put the word ministry in that sentence. But if you do it without humility then it truly isn't ministry. It truly isn't serving. Listen to what he says here in verses 1 through 4 in chapter 2. He says, So, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, that's God's Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. And here's where he gets to the point. He says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each one of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. How many of you have ever flown on an airplane? So we've all heard the, the warnings that they give you as you're getting ready to take off, Right? And one of the greatest pieces of advice that they'll give you as a passenger on the plane, if there's an emergency, if the plane is going down, if anything is going to happen, what do they tell you? Take care of yourself first, put on your mask, and then take care of others, right? You ever thought to yourself, why they tell you to take care of yourself first and then someone else afterwards? See, there, there's a reason behind that. See, if, if, if we haven't allowed God to change our hearts, we can't help others change their hearts. And in essence, this is what Paul is saying here. He said, if there's any love, any comfort in this love, any participation in the Spirit, if you are part of the body of Christ, he says, take care of yourself. Make sure that you are right between God, you and God are right. And then he says, take care of your brother." He says, and don't do this for selfish reasons. Do this so that God would be honored. He says, yeah, take care of your own interests, but also the interests of others. Don't just think about yourself in this, because when you put on that mask, you're not just thinking about yourself. You're thinking about your brother sitting next to you, and you're going to be better equipped, better able to take care of and help your brother. See, there's the difference right there in service and in ministry. See, if we trust in Jesus, we can make a difference. Our service does matter. We can save lives through our service, through our ministry. See, a true picture of humility is a person that realizes that they need help and that they also need to help. Did you hear that? 
See, when, when we humble ourselves, we realize that we need help. But we also realize that we are here to help. See, we don't, we don't come on Sunday mornings just for what we can get. Yeah, we, we want to get. And we're, we're here to, to worship our God and to open our hearts and our minds to all that God has for us, to all that he wants for us, to hear his word, to, to sing his praises. But we're also here to help. We're also here to, to encourage our brother and our sister. You know, when, when someone walks in the, the church doors and, and you notice that they don't say hi to you, and normally they do, and they just walk right by you and they kind of ignore you, what, what, do you, what goes through your mind? Do you get offended right away and just say, oh, man, he's just so mean to me? Or do you think to yourselves, just maybe, that that person needs your help? And maybe, maybe that person's, you know, just had a tough moment with their child, maybe just lost a loved one, maybe just is dealing with some sickness or something's going on in their life. Remember, we're all in different places. We're all, all in different seasons. Even though it's summertime, it may be storm time for some here today, this morning, right now, and on Sunday, and on Monday, and on Tuesday. See, Paul is reminding us that our, our service matters. And he's saying, don't look at your own self. Don't be selfish about how you serve. You know, if someone doesn't seem right, go find out why. You know, go offer them some love. Go offer them a hug. Yeah, it's okay to hug in church. You know, our service, it'll change us if we do it in reflection to who God is, and we realize that not only do we need help, but we also understand that we need to help. I'll tell you guys right now, I need your help. I can't pastor this church without you. And we, we had a leadership meeting this last week for our, for our youth ministry and got all our leaders together and, and I, I was super long-winded with them and, and they'll tell you if you don't believe me. And uh, I just shared with them the aspect, and this is true, and it's not my, my own thoughts, you know. It, it, it's biblical and, it, it, and it's God-honoring that, that we're not in this alone. You know, it's like a chain and this is the example that we used how, how do you make a chain? I want an answer. How do you make a chain? What does it take to make a chain? Links, right? Keyword, plural, links. See, one link isn't a chain, right? And, it, and it's no different than a church. See, because we know the church isn't the building. The church is the people. And to make a church, it takes people, plural. Every one of you is important to God. Every one of us is important to God. No matter where you sit, no matter how strong you think you are, no matter how weak you think you are, no matter how short you are, tall you are, old you are, young you are, you are a part of that chain. And you are a valuable part of that chain. And because of that, I tell you what, I need your help. But I also realize that I need to help too. I need to do my part on that chain. I need to take responsibility for what God's asked me to do and called me to do in that. See, I, I love what Jesus says in Mark 2, what he says about why he came to serve. 
And they're having this dialogue, and Jesus says this to them. He says, those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but the sinner. I want you to think about what Jesus is saying there in that passage. I came for those who realize that they need a Savior. They need help. And then he'll go on to tell us and teach us as he serves others how important it is that we help each other. In fact, he tells us even to the degree that, that when we love each other, we are showing the world that we love him. See, our service, it matters. It matters. It really does. See, there are two people that Jesus is describing here. One that understands that and one that doesn't. I want to ask you this morning, which one are you? Do you realize, do you understand that you need Jesus? Do you realize and do you understand that you need one another? See, when you serve, it does make a difference. When you serve, it truly does matter. Well, the second thing we see here is pretty much what serving looks like. And, it, and it's from, from whom we take our example. See, we serve like Jesus. We use Jesus as our model, as our example of what true, humble service looks like. Look at verses 5 through 8. Paul says this, he says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. I want us to note something here in verse 6. See, it tells us that Jesus was just like God, but didn't consider himself better than God. I think there's, there's a deep theological teaching here that we have to really kind of sink our teeth into because there, here Paul creates this picture of unity and togetherness between God and Jesus Christ. This oneness because he was in the form of God. But yet he didn't think himself better than God. And he couldn't even help to, to grasp the greatness of God. See, Jesus modeled true humility. And he did it by taking human form. You know, that's where we talk about the deity of Christ and the humanity of Christ. Jesus is God yet human. And I know it's, it's something for us is in our humanity that it's hard to kind of understand, but we can trust in the fact that Jesus, he emptied himself. He removed himself from a place and a position and he came and he became. See, he didn't just come, but he became. He became man. And he did it with a reason and he did it for a purpose. 
And he modeled some things for us. He showed us how to serve one another. He helped us to understand what true humility is. He helped us to understand what true greatness is. And it comes through our service. And really, it's a mindset. See, it's a ministry mindset. And Jesus led by example. He served God. He served us. And we, in turn, if we follow Jesus, should serve just like he did. Empty in ourselves saying, hey, we're not so great. We're not so wonderful. But you know what? God will use me. God has given me. And because of that, I'm going to give back. I'm going to help. In Mark 10, 45, Jesus says this. He says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Is this your ministry mindset? Is this how you see ministry? You know, what goes through your mind when you hear the word ministry? Is it similar to what Jesus just said here? That I'm here not to be served, but to serve? I'm here to help. I'm here to be a part of. Even it means that I have to give up my life. For others, John tells us that there's, Jesus tells us in the Gospel of John that there's no greater love than that a man would lay his life down for whom? Another man. See, we, we don't have to die for each other. Our blood will never atone for the sins of mankind. Only Jesus could do that. But we can sacrifice for each other. We can give all of who we are for the benefit of others. That's exactly what Jesus did for us. And honestly, that's what he expects us to do for others. You know, it's hard because in our humanity, we, 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 tend, to, we, we tend to want to, to mumble and grumble when things don't go our way. I'll be the first to confess my sin. I do that. You know, the, the, the guys early morning, we come early, a bunch of us, and we get ready for church on Sunday mornings. We do a lot of things, and, and the guys will pick on me, guys and gals too, just so you know, the ladies are just as mean to me. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's okay. I'm good. Jesus loves me. But they'll pick on me, and they'll tease me because I straighten the chairs. And I am a little OCD about it. I, I'll be honest. I am a little OCD about it. But, and there's times when I walk in and, and the, you know, we're not mentioning any names, the youth group. <laughs> we'll mess up my chairs. And I'll mumble and grumble. And I'll be like, God, God save those kids, please. <laughs> They're driving me nuts. They're messing with my chairs. <laughs> Darn it, they're supposed to be straight. Yeah, it's funny, huh? And it's silly. But yet in our humanity, we, we, we mumble and grumble over stuff like that. And I don't think one of us is, is free from that sin, that, that, that guilt of, of sometimes letting our flesh take over when it shouldn't. Listen to what Paul addresses here in, in verse 14 and his encouragement 
to us in our service. Chapter 2, verse 14. It's not on the screen, but I want you to look at it. Paul simply says, do all things without grumbling or questioning that you may be blameless and innocent children of God. See, that's the mindset that I pray that God gives me. That's the mindset that I, I pray that God would help me to have as he changes me through these seasons of life, through these moments in life when I get the privilege to be a part of other people's lives. See, it's a ministry mindset. God has given us everything we need. I want to ask you this real quick. Can we as a church, and, and I know you guys meet throughout the week in small groups and, and different ministries and different moments. You gather together as families and as you talk to other families. Can we do this together as a church? Can we commit this morning to move towards this kind of a mindset? That we would do everything without grumbling and complaining that we would, we would encourage each other in those moments when I come to you and I say, man, these darn kids, they just messed up my sanctuary. And you just remind me, Floyd, you know what? Just serve them. Let's go fix those chairs together because we know that by fixing those chairs together, we're going to honor God and we're going to have a different mindset. We're going to have a different perce perception when we walk in this building. And if we can commit to helping each other through that, because again, it, it's the reality of understanding that I need help and I need to help when it comes to ministry. See, that's what Paul is teaching us here. He's helping us to understand that kind of mindset that we should always serve like Jesus. Could you imagine if Jesus, when he went into the upper room and he was at that last supper and, and he knew that all these guys were all, had all these emotions and all these things going on and, and he walked in there and he said, all right, guys, check this out. We're going to... We're going to fight this. We're going to fight this. This ain't going to happen. I'm not going down without a fight. I'm going to take it to Pharaoh or to whoever is in charge. I guess Pharaoh wasn't around then, but hey, he knew where he could find Pharaoh. <laughs> I'm going to take it to the leaders of the church and we're going to tell them what we feel and why they shouldn't do this to me. So Jesus went in there and, and he, he washed the disciples' feet. He humbled himself. He says, hey, this is going to happen because it needs to happen because I need to serve. I need to model some things. See, he, he did it not for himself. He did it for others. He did it for you. He did it for me. Turn back to verse 3. Listen to what Paul says. Again, another encouragement, another reminder in the aspect of why we serve like Jesus. See, we're not to do anything from selfish ambition or conceit, but we are to do it in humility. And in humility, we count others more significant than ourselves. We humble ourselves in service to Jesus. We show and model humility to ensure that each and every one of our needs are met in the body of Christ. See, that's the, the Acts 2 church when everyone gathered together and they gave so that everyone could have. And, and it's not just, although it is a part of it, it's not just money. It's not just possessions. But it's our love and our grace. And that takes humility. 
to offer and to give, even when we don't realize we have, takes humility. See, we'll put other people's needs before our own. Well, the last item that I have for us today comes from verses 12 and 13. This is the challenge. This is getting over the, the big capital word of humility. You know, because when, when we attack something, when we want to accomplish something, we go after it, right? We set out, we set a plan, we map it out, we do what we need to do. But what usually happens, not all the time, is we don't get it on the first try, do we? And we, we don't always make it on the first jump. We don't always make it as we walk out of here today and, and, and everything works out because someone cuts us off on the road and we blow it and we sin. See, and that's why we do this last thing, is that we practice ministry. We practice our service. We do it over and over again. We continually do it so that we can get better at it, so that we can grow in it, so that we can discover the things that God wants to do in us and through us. I want you to turn your Bibles over to 1 Timothy. It's not going to be on the screen. I just want you to see this passage real quick. 1 Timothy chapter 4. I'd write this in your notes. Use this as a good reminder because we train for godliness. I know that sounds like funny. We're training for godliness. But listen to what what Paul says here to Timothy as he's ministering to the people. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. He says, Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, it's good for you, godliness is of value in every way, and it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Train yourself for godliness. Practice. Practice serving. Practice. Practice, practice, practice. Because sometimes we don't get it the first try. And sometimes we get it the third try, but we don't get it the fourth try. But we don't stop practicing. We train ourselves for godliness. See, and it's a reflection of, of who Jesus Christ is in our lives. Because as we model this, as we practice this, people are going to watch us doing these. People are going to watch us fail. People are going to watch us succeed. But as we do that in our humility, as we show them the things that we're moving towards, it's going to help to change their lives. It's going to help them to see what God's doing in our lives. Because remember, it's His story that we share in our lives. It's his story that's going to help people to see Jesus Christ in our lives. See, the world tells us practice makes perfect, but I want to give you a different saying. I want to tell you this morning that obedience creates opportunity. See, when we live it out ourselves, when we practice it ourselves, God will create opportunity for us to share this and encourage others in this. He'll allow us the opportunity to do that. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7 says this. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. 
And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in every one. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common what? Good. The common good. See, we might have different ministries. We might have different opportunities. But we can all rest in the aspect that we are in one spirit. We are in unity with God's spirit as we serve one another, as we help each other. And it's all for the common good. It's to benefit each and every one of us. So as I close, I just want to ask you this. What is your ministry? How will you serve Are you serving? I want to challenge you this morning to to think about ministry and service and how that looks in your life. And in this season, in this moment, that you will make a choice to serve God, to serve one another, to walk with each other in love, in grace, and in Christ. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? I'm going to read this last passage and I just want you to take this personal right now because I I truly believe that even though God is talking to the people in Israel through Isaiah the prophet and there's some things going on in their disobedience to God's will for their life, he's reminding each and every one of us this morning of who he is and what he wants to do in us through this passage in Isaiah 66. Close your eyes bow your heads and listen to this verse as I share it. And then we're going to pray together. Isaiah 66, 1 and 2 says, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all of these things and so they came into being? Declares the Lord God. And he says this. There are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. You are God's temple. He wants to live in you and through you. I want to just ask you this morning with your eyes closed and your heads bowed. Will you humble yourself and let him use you to help? Father, we thank you so much for this morning. Lord, we, we love you and we thank you for your love for us. Father, we, we don't always know how to love you and how to honor you with our lives. Father, there's, there's moments when we take those leaps of faith and, and we fall short. We stumble and, and uh, we do silly things and we make silly mistakes. And In our humanity, Father, we... We struggle because we start to look at ourselves and how good we are and how good other people should be. And then we begin to measure ourselves to them. And then we forget and lose sight of the purpose, the plan that you have for us. Father, the purpose that you have and the plan that you have for those that you've placed around us, Father. We begin to love the idea of our ministry more than we love the people. And so this morning, Father, as we worship you, as we, we seek to understand, Father, I pray that, that you would change our minds, that you would give us a, a new ministry mindset, Father, that we would begin to love the people more than we love the idea of who they should be. 
Father, that we would just give them to you and we would trust you with not only our own lives, but the lives of those around us. And Father, together as the church, we bow before you and we ask for forgiveness. Father, we pray that you would forgive us of this sin. Father, we are guilty. Our hands are dirty. Father, and I pray this morning that you would wash us and you would cleanse us, that you would give us new new clothes, Father. Lord, that we would be washed by the blood of Jesus Christ this morning. Lord, I thank you for that love. I thank you for that grace. Lord, we know that the word of your word teaches us that you came so that all may know you, that 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 if we were to just put our faith and our hope in Jesus Christ, that we could walk with you and live for you, with you in all of eternity. There's no fancy magical prayer, Father. You just said if we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord, that we are saved. Father, this morning together we confess. Father, we we confess that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes into your presence except through him. Father, we confess and we believe that, that you are a holy God, that you created us, and you created us with a purpose and a plan. And this morning, we want to surrender to that plan. We want to become servants in your kingdom. We want to live our lives in reflection of who you are, who your son Jesus Christ is. Lord, I I pray this morning that as we go away from here that we would look to your word, we would trust in it, we would trust in you, and Father, that we would trust in one another, that we realize that we need help and that we need to help. Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for the reminders this morning. Thank you for the encouragement. Thank you for the love and for the grace that you've shown us. We bow our hearts to you, Father. We look to you and we do it all in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio, and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.